0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from bedrest here in Detroit. Okay, so, (laughs) Will and I had worked out a schedule, and blind items were going to be Saturdays, or over the weekend, I should say. Um, We never really specified what day. And, you know, a special episode um, on Mondays, and then the news episodes on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh given uh, depending on our schedules. And I just completely screwed everything up because I'm Ed. <laughs> um, for the record, I ran this by Will first. So I know y'all were really hoping for some blinds in this episode, but I wanted to do some blind item reveals. And I know what you're thinking. You're you're probably thinking, oh, Uh, How much are we actually going to learn? We're going to learn a shit ton, because I learned a shit ton today. So, (laughs) buckle up, and we are going to get this party started. So, our first blind item reveal comes to us from Blind Gossip. For all the best blind items, head on over to BlindGossip.com. And it's called, Lurching Towards Engagement. And it says ha this singer just makes one bad decision after another and lurches from one relationship to another in the process. When she was dating that other celebrity who treated her horribly, by the way, she always talked about getting engaged to him. Years of drama, they never got engaged. Then there was a string of relationships. One of the strangers was that guy from rehab. She was sure she was going to marry him, too. She jumps from one relationship to another because she doesn't want to be alone. Her newest guy was engaged to another woman just a couple of months ago, yet she told yet she has told friends that she is sure that she will be marching down the aisle with him soon. One of the principles of those in recovery is that they shouldn't date for a year after rehab. They should be working on centering themselves and securing their sobriety and their mental and physical health. A singer has given that principle the big middle finger while she lurches from man to man. Three in the last year alone. Three. Is she that lonely? Is she that lonely? Will an engagement ring fix her many issues? Does she think that getting married will provide validation that she is healthy, that she is worthy of love? She is a young, talented girl with lots of fans and more money than most people will spend in a lifetime. Yet every relationship seems unstable and desperate in rushing towards marriage. We don't get it. So the answer to this is Demi Lovato, um, and her now ex-fiance Max L. Ring. So, they announced their breakup, um, on Friday. And I did some digging yesterday because I was very very curious. So. The the arc that, um, Blind Gossip seems to be going with is that Demi is just very desperate, doesn't really know herself, and um, anyone who gives her attention will become her fiance or her lover. The arc that Crazy Days and Nights seems to be going with is that max was actually obsessed with selena which caused problems uh, between the two of them the truth is neither one of them um i'm not saying that crazy days or blind gossip is lying uh, but according to my source the biggest issue uh, seemed to be actually about money like like with everyone else um You know, Demi is very, very wealthy. Um, She has built up a huge fortune. Um, And Max, while very attractive and and, um, talented, his career just hasn't had the same kind of trajectory that um, Demi's has. And he hated feeling like he had to ask her for permission to do everything, um... We're not going to see a, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Paris Hilton broke up with her fiance, there was like this huge big to-do about uh, the the engagement ring. Uh, he felt that she should give it to him, and she finally revealed that she paid for it, and so therefore it was hers. We're not likely to see that here, uh, because Demi paid for it. And according to my LA source uh this this breakup um i we don't we can't really say we he and i kept saying it was a long time coming but to be fair they were only together for a few months and they were only engaged for two um he uh, according to my source and several people around him Demi has this belief that she has to have a love interest. Uh, not so much because she feels like she's lonely or anything like that. But she's not really, outside of, um, outside of her uh, relapse and whatnot, the only time she really gets attention is if she's in a relationship and when she has a project. And so that is really feeding into a lot of her decision-making, which is scary. I mean, let's be real here. Um, You know, I think Blind Gossip said it. She's very young. She's very talented. But she's also very troubled. Um, And that she probably should take this time to focus on herself. And one of the... um, One of the other things I wanted to say uh, is whenever there's an article about her um, having a boyfriend or a fiancé or whatever, there are people in there saying, well, you know, she claims to be bi, but she never dates a woman and blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. She's not required to date a woman to prove her bisexuality. You know... One of the things that I think we all need to to stop is, you know, we fall in love with who we fall in love with. And, you know, saying that she she owes it to us to prove that she's bisexual is just ludicrous. Um, You know, maybe she hasn't found a woman that she wants to date. Perhaps, you know, she has dated a woman and she just chose to keep that relationship quiet. The, the relationships we know about or know the most about are the guy from rehab, um, this Max Elring, her relationship with vulnerable Valderrama, who treated her horribly, cheated on her constantly, um, you know, that that's a whole other situation that we should do a deep dive into sometime. Because that, that relationship was bad. It was very toxic. Um, even when he tried to pretend like um, when she relapsed and overdosed this last time, he tried to pretend like oh, he was a good guy and was very concerned about her. But was actually just trying to salvaged his reputation because he was building a new job. Um, And then when she was with Joe Jonas. um, And that was very, at least as far as we know, very chaste and very... um, You know, nothing really happened with that. So, I think... I do think that blind gossip is right, and that um she does need to um take a step back and focus on on herself and her in those issues, but let's not shame someone for dating and you know let's also wait to see what really happened um With the breakup. Demi is known for oversharing. So there's definitely a possibility. um, That we're going to hear the full story. Um, As of right now. We're not finding any proof that either side cheated. Um, And just because I know this is sometimes how straight guys work. I did ask. If. If. If he was pushing her for a threesome. There's no proof of this yet, but we're still looking into the story. So, with that being said, I'm going to take a break, get some more coffee, and I'll be right back. Okay, and I am back, and I have another cup of coffee, so I am happy. (laughs) Alright, so our next item comes from Crazy Days and Nights. Um, it is called Blind Items Revealed number 48. And it says, Let me take you on a little journey back in time. Many years ago, the father of the Madame Pro- Procure Serial Sexual Assaulter built his fortune, not just on his media empire, but on information. That information was then used to blackmail people. Whether he did it for government or for his own pocketbook, the operations were always ongoing. Over time, the operations became larger and larger because his expenses far outweighed his income. He became greedy. Too greedy. He ended up dead. Although his children might not have known he was out of money, they all did learn one thing from him. Blackmail. They also learned that if you could if you could play on the inside, you would have knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is money. Also, playing on the inside meant you can... Control who escapes and who is caught. Playing on the inside means you can make it impossible for someone to be found. Two of the daughters focused on playing on the inside. What did they accomplish? A backdoor into the computers of various intelligent and border control agencies in countries throughout the world. How did they accomplish this? They designed the system. They built it. They sold it to one country at a time. One of the things the software is used for is border controls. If you have the ability to pretend someone is in a country or show them never entering or leaving a country, you can hide someone really well. It could also make it really easy to hide a family member. It is not a feel-safe system for hiding someone, but it takes away one of the biggest tools governments have for finding someone who is trying to disappear. Fast forward to the present day to the biggest blackmailing operation in the history of the world a blackmailing operation that involves multiple state actors and one of the biggest accounting frauds since Enron. The accounting fraud was only possible because regulators in several countries were being pressured by other state actors. All of these directions lead to Asia. One of the state actors handled the banking and fraud aspect. They had a trial run last year with their successful hacking of international banks. That country does not... Have the wherewithal or ability to take on a large-scale blackmail operation. You need someone larger for that—a very large country who also happens to be the sponsor lifeline for the company for for the other company rather. You have a missing executive of a company that processed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of transactions for child porn. The executive has all the information of who produced it, distributed it, and consumed it through these financial transactions. Meanwhile, why not steal money from Why not steal money while they were at it and cover that up too? Now, what about the sisters I wrote about earlier? The ability to manipulate where someone went and where someone is going? The executive supposedly flew into into a Southeast Asian country at least according to the immigration arrival records and the country's computer system. However, he is not on any video, nor remember him. no one remembers him on the flight. The next day, he supposedly leaves for the country behind all of this, but there were no flights to that country at that time that correspond with the immigration records. It sure makes it a lot easier to hide when you have someone on the inside. The answer is Robert Maxwell, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Isabella and Christine Maxwell, uh, Chilead Wehrkard, North Korea, China, and Jan Marslek. No, uh, I I call her Gisling. I know that's not how you say her name. Um but this is typically Will's area of expertise. Like I vaguely remember hearing about the banks being hacked last year. Um but again, I you know, I focus more on the celebrity side. Will focuses more on, on the political side of things. Um but it's really funny because you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Um, like I, I like reading them; they're fun, and they're sometimes they'll like spark an idea for a story or something. But um, as a whole, I'm just not really a huge fan of this. Like uh, they don't always make sense to me. But I remember reading one, and I was kind of like, "Huh, okay." So, uh, basically, what this theory said was that when Donald Trump wished um, Jiseline um, Maxwell well, it was code to her telling her not to worry about things, that she was going to be okay. Now, of course, you know, someone will argue, well... <laughs> you know, that's on the surface. But if you actually look, he said, I wish her well. So he wasn't talking directly to her. Um, But the theory goes a little bit further and says that, you know, because they were friends and because they know each other, she has blackmail on him. So when I read this blind item, I, w- I was really intrigued because, you know, like it's very, very clear um, that Donald Trump will distance himself from anyone involved in a scandal or who could tarnish um, his reputation. And y'all are going to yell at me for saying that, but it's true. Um, last year we talked about how he distanced himself from Jeffrey Epstein after calling, calling him his best friend. So, um, what I'm saying here is, it's very shocking to me that Trump has not distanced himself from her. Maybe he realizes it's not working. Um, but I think that's giving him too much credit for being smart. Um, what the theory said, though, is that she has some really good blackmail on him. And he knows if he turns on her... His ass is grass, basically. Now, we know for a fact that he has been accused of raping 13 and 14-year-old girls. It's on record there are lawsuits pending against him uh, with these accusations. So, with that being said, it would not be shocking to me to learn that there is um video or photographic evidence that he likes his uh female partners to be younger now and I promise will I would say this because you know legal purposes um this is a theory and the allegations against him are in a lawsuit. He has not been criminally charged with anything as of yet. But I stand by what I said. It would not shock me at all. Um, and it's not because I don't like the man. I mean, I don't. We all know I don't. It's why Will took away the politics from me. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. I guess I just let off one too many F-bombs or something for his taste. Um, But. um, So it's not about my distaste for him. Uh, And, you know, frankly. I may not have liked any Republican president. But my distaste for Trump goes further because he's just a disgusting human being. I had a friend who worked in Trump Tower and she was told that and so she went in and at first she had been told to wear pants and a shirt and he when he saw her, he grabbed her ass and asked and I shouldn't say asked, he told her to wear a skirt. And to bend over more. And there were several Trump organization executives who just laughed it off with him. So, my distaste goes back further than his presidential campaign, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and then I learned all about some of his other policies in. You know, frankly, frankly, I just, he's a disgusting person and needs to go away. (laughs) Hopefully he'll be locked up soon. But I am very curious if, if Giseline is blackmailing him, what is she waiting for? Why, why is she waiting to reveal this? Because we all want to know now. Am I alone in this? I don't think so. Anyways, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. And I'm back. Um. So our next item is coming from um, Crazy Days and Nights again. And it is called Blind Items Revealed number 47. And it says, uh, come on down because the cults are having a competition for recruits. I have already told you that the mainstay cult is having trouble finding lots of younger members to replace someone who have already donated hundreds of millions of dollars. I have told you about the group that has done the best job replacing them by finding young people with huge social media followings and then giving them perks and percentages of offerings and VIP status. That has been working really well for that group. Let us move beyond that. Let us look at the smaller, more sex-driven based cults where it is all about loyalty and finding the people who are willing to give up their lives to become a sex slave who is also willing to make you money. In both of the cults I'm going to write about, the money thing has been removed. Neither of these cult leaders need money. They only want sex slaves. Loyal sex slaves to worship their egos and other parts of their anatomy. One of the leaders who I have recently mentioned really has a leg up on recruiting. He's an actor, singer, and convenient absentee from a recent reunion. Because of his following and what he does, he has people very loyal to him, but doesn't know for quite some time after they join him whether they will be a sex slave. So how did he get a few? He landed a few when his competition decided to quit for a bit. This former A-plus mostly movie actor had a religion. I wrote about it many years ago. He had a small group of followers. There were maybe a half dozen that lived with him and took care of him and gave up everything to be with him. When he ended up getting a girlfriend several years back, he reluctantly let them go. They drifted around together as a group for a while. A couple left. But there were three that stuck together until about eighteen months ago when they were discovered by the actor singer. They became his base and he could have them help his recruiting interestingly enough, he doesn't have sex with those three because they are way over twenty twenty one which is kind of his cutoff but they are good at finding the ages he does like when our former a plus list when our former a plus list actor decided to get back into the game he needed someone he could help. Him find young devoted female fans who would come flocking. Enter the A, A list singer who has been extremely valuable. I uh, was getting the former A plus lister in front of an entirely new group of people. He has used those new fans to find two women to be his starter and help him recruit several several more. Um. So, the two the two groups at the beginning of the blind were. Uh, Scientology and Hillsong um, the, uh, the actor-singer is Jared Leto um, He was absent from the My, My So-Called Life reunion for some reason And then um, the former A-plus list actor is Jim Carrey And his A-list singer friend is Ariana Grande So there's a lot to unpack here So we're going to try to do this in, um, in a fun way um I actually have experience with both Scientology and Hillsong. So um if if you were a fan of Generation Gossip, you already know that me and Mandy did our exposés um on Scientology. <laughs> um and we talked actually extensively about uh, basically, if you couldn't pay, the leaders would have sex with you, and that would be kind of your payment. Or at least defer your payment for, uh, for a while. Um, but Hillsong, Will and I have been planning on doing um, a, a vlog about this, but I'm just going to go ahead and start talking to you about it now, because it is just bizarre beyond belief. Okay, so, um, I, I think I may have mentioned this a few times, but I had a friend, um, and when I moved back to New York, she really wanted me to go to Hillsong Church with her. She's She told me it was great, and that, you know, they accepted, they accepted gays, and all this other great stuff. Which, you know... That's great, you know. So I was like, alright, I'll give it a try. And I went a couple times. But instead of accepting gays, they really try to make you feel bad about yourself if you're gay. Um, Telling you that while God loves you, you're still a sinner and you're still going to hell unless you don't love somebody and you just stay celibate for your entire life. Uh, This despite the fact that uh, the night before, um, the, the pastor who said this was at the same gay bar I was making out with a dude. So, um, trying to reconcile that one. But, um, I started noticing that my friend was acting very strangely. Um, I had started going to um, my writing group, Shut Up and Write, which met on Wednesdays and Sundays. And at at this time, I wasn't going on Sundays um, because I was hanging out with my friend and going to church with her. But then she wanted me to start missing Wednesdays to go to these special groups with her. So I went to one, and I thought, like, we would actually be together. No, they separate the men and the women. And the men talked about how their wives were there to serve them. And I said, well, you know, that's difficult for me because I'm a gay man. And, you know, I'm single, and I don't believe in that. Like, I believe that um, if you're married, it should be a 50-50 partnership. And they all kind of laughed. And they said, no, once you get the love of a good woman. And I looked at him, and because I'm mad. <laughs> and I said, well, when you get some good dick, then maybe you'll change your mind. I was, not in, I was asked not to come back. And I was asked not to come back to the church. <laughs> um, and uh, by that point, me and my friend had um, had a falling out. Because I, I had tripped and I fell into her. And she got nasty, and I kind of got nasty back because she would always hang all over me when I asked her not to do that. Um, so um, uh, that situation happened shortly after, but um, but as I, I did more research into Hill song, and they really encourage you um, they encourage women, you're, women are not allowed to ask the men out. That is the man's job if the man. If a man asks you out, you have to say yes. Furthermore, if the man doesn't ask you out for a second date, even if you really like him, you're not allowed to push the relationship further. But if the man says that he wants a second date, even if you're not interested, you have to say yes. Which makes no sense to me. But, um, and they, they really take the traditional rules very seriously. It was very scary. Um, I, I eventually stopped looking into the church because, um, the more I learned, the more disturbed I was, um, because it really is a cult. Um, so I'm 100% with N.T. Lawyer on this one, like, stay away from Hillsong. Um, As for Jared Leto. He's a very interesting person. i um, crazy talented, first of all, like, I don't think any of us would deny that. But he's very, uh, he's very peculiar. I remember once I read that he would not have sex with a woman unless A, she was a virgin, or B, she was willing to do anal. And I thought that was just like one of those things that was um, made up, honestly. So I I asked my L.A. source and he said no. Um, for a period of about 10 years, that was Jared Leto's Jared, rule. If you weren't a virgin, you had to be willing to do anal or else he would not have sex with you. Um, anal, not oral. <laughs> you have to be willing to do oral too. But <laughs> uh, and that's why, you know, as... As his family started growing up, um, they started telling him more, or no more often. And he did not like that. And so, um, now this makes sense that he would go into and have a sex cult. As for Jim Carrey, he is a very odd duck. Because my LD source says that he actually truly does have feelings for Ariana Grande. What those feelings are, I don't know. Um, And if her feelings are reciprocated, or if she reciprocates those feelings or not. um, My source said at this point, he's tempted to say that, for her, this is all just a big publicity thing. Um, But if she's helping him... Um, Get Sex slaves. that actually makes a lot of sense, too. Um. But with, um, with Jim Carrey... It's, with, um... He has never really been big on... The monogamy relationship... Thing. Um, he's always been more interested in... Um... Freely expressing yourself. And I had heard rumors that he's not just interested in females. So again, I asked. And my LA source said, It is true. um, He prefers females. But he's never said no to a blowjob from anybody. Uh, And furthermore... There are several men on record as saying that they had penetrative sex with Jim Carrey. Now, this was not a relationship, this is not a Jake Paul thing, because I believe... um, I don't believe that Jim Carrey has ever actually denied having gay sex, or even being interested in it. Um, It just seems to be one of those things that isn't talked about very much. So... Um, if I hear any more about this story, of course, I'll bring it to you, um, either about Jim Carrey, um, or Jared Leto, and of course, um, we will eventually bring you the full song Deep Dive at some point. But for right now, I'm gonna take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Uh, so, uh, for this reveal, we're gonna do things a little bit differently um. There are four blind items that are, um, somehow related, and we're going to um. I'm gonna read them all, and then I'm gonna reveal them all one by one, and we'll have a discussion like we always do. <laughs> um, uh, so the really the only difference is, uh, instead of one blind item, you're gonna get four blind items, revealed in this one. So, um, bear with me. I've never done this format before, so. Um, so number one, this housewife quote unquote friend was the person offered up by a, Los, by a Los Angeles mobster back in the day when he needed, when he needed someone for a threesome. She would do anything for him because he provided her uh, Coke for free and she was a huge addict. One of the best friends, uh, this is number two. One of the best friends of the uh, quote-unquote friend in number one also participated in threesomes when needed and also had a massive coke addiction. This best friend is someone all all of you know. Uh, Number three, both one and two were induced to the mobster hitman in number one because a relative of number two was hooking up with him too. And number four, this A-list reality star from a reality family hooked up with a man who two nights later was with some other women when he was murdered by the mobster in number one? Okay, so the answer to number one is Faye Resnick and Anthony Fiato. Number two is Nicole Brown Simpson. Number three is Denise Brown. And number four is Christianer um, Kashmir Butch Casey Sachkarski. Sarko- so. Um, there's a lot to just digest here. But one of the more interesting things, um, I think, was about Nicole Brown Simpson. So a couple, maybe uh, maybe about six weeks ago, um, possibly longer, um, possibly at two months back, I did an article on OJ Simpson. The O.J. Simpson trial. Um, Up until this point, I had tried and tried and tried to avoid it. Uh, Because you all know that there's been so much ink spilt about it that I never really thought I could add something to it. And so I just figured, hey, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and, um. No, I'm. I'm gonna leave it. But then, um, fans and people kept asking me. Uh, to, to do my take on it. So, I researched and I found. Um, I found what I thought was an interesting take and I and I wrote about it. So my take was um, centering the whole thing on the relationship between O.J. and Nicole. And I know there was, again, there was still a lot of press about it. Um, but less so that he had actually threatened to kill her. Um, she had, when she divorced him, Let's back up. So she, uh, he cheated on his first wife with her. I think that's pretty common knowledge. <laughs> they got married a few years later. Uh, but it was not a happy marriage. Um, he was... Right after he married her, he was forced into re- um, retirement from football. And things were really tense between the two of them. Uh, He wanted her to act a certain way and do things for him. And she kind of was just... I don't think she was really into him, to be honest. That was not the feeling I got. Um, So her having a a coke addiction actually makes sense, um, given... What, what I knew about their relationship as it was. It also explains a lot of their violent um, interactions. Not that it's right. I, I'm not saying it's right by any stretch of the imagination. But I am saying that it kind of... Um, through that lens, I wish I would have known this sooner. As um, they were doing coke together, um, OJ's more explosive tendencies um do make sense and if she was having threesomes with uh mobsters, um that does kind of uh portend the question uh what is is OJ really guilty? Of course I think the answer is most definitely yes, but um so Around the time of, around the time of the um, just before she was murdered, OJ had started seeing somebody, and but he didn't want Nicole seeing anyone because, in his view, she was still his wife, and she owed her fidelity to him. That is a direct quote. Um, that is not something that's made up or uh, an analysis. He he literally said that she owed him her fidelity. Nicole, on the other hand, um, did not feel as if she owed OJ anything. Um, And, you know, a lot of people like to say that she and Ron Goldman were lovers. I am not finding that to be the case. Um, In fact, I am wondering if Ron Goldman was gay. Which is going to get me sued, but I'm saying I'm wondering. I'm not saying he for sure was. Um, Just some of the things I read um, and in my research, it just didn't uh, feel like a straight man to me at all. Uh, But she did have a tendency to like younger men, especially after the divorce. Which I think really angered O.J. And uh, rumor has it, and this has long been a point of contention for a lot of people, is that he was sleeping with... uh, He was sleeping with Kris Jenner. Uh, And that is how um, Chloe was conceived, or not, uh, Courtney, I'm sorry, not, not, I get all of them mixed up, y'all know that, I don't watch the show, I don't know these people, um, but it was how Courtney was conceived. Is there any truth to this? Um, I think, um, just like with 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 most of the rumors, there are very, very there are some key point details that actually make sense and line up. Uh, but overall, Chris has always contended that uh Robert Kardashian Sr. was the father of Courtney. Um as for Faye Resnick, uh first of all, just completely makes sense. Uh I don't watch Real Housewives, but my best friend does. And he would often say... Um... That there was something off about her. Um... Either she had really... High energy... Or she had no energy. Um... And... Some of the things she did... Just seemed to be a little... Off to him. (coughs) Excuse me. So... Um... With that in mind, it does make sense that she would hook up with a mafioso, and uh, that that mafioso would end up killing somebody that um, Christianer ended up sleeping with, and who was murdered later on, uh, just two days later. Um, you know, I've never really looked into into that murder. I am now very curious. Um, because I want to know more. <gasps> Y'all, I need help. I have too many cases I have to write about. <laughs> um, but you know I'd love me some Twisted, like, like yeah, give me a twisty case and then throw in some pop culture and I am, and I am a, I am a whore for this sort of stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a break and I will be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> um, so um, this next one I actually had to do a little bit more research for, um, and I have some thoughts that I'll share with you after I read it. Um, but it's a very interesting. Um, it's a very interesting piece, and uh, it, it does kind of go more along with the conspiracy theory, but we'll get to that. It's um it's from Crazy Days and Nights and it's called A Blind Blind Items Revealed number forty-two. And it says, Every year I am hopeful that someone will finally face charges for killing this permanent A-list director. The reason he chose to cast the two leads in his final movie is because he assumed they would do everything to protect the director. It is why he shared his story to the female lead of the film. His story was the story that people have been hearing more and more in the past couple of decades. The director had recordings, both audio and video, from dinner and parties he attended or hosted. He had hundreds of pages of notes. All of those were used to make his final movie. The female lead of the film said the director often told her there were a, there was a group of hundreds of men around the globe who all knew each other's secrets there is no way out for any of them you are in it until you die the director wanted to expose it he wanted to expose uh, he wanted to expose the life of those men he wanted to show the world what was happening what he showed was a water a very watered down version of it he couldn't make it any more powerful if he wanted to get the movie released oh he shot a lot more scenes that really show any light on things but he was forced to make cut after cut. He was killed because of that movie. Too many secrets exposed. Too much knowledge in the hands of one person who was not in the group. <clears throat> okay, so the the director is Stanley Kubrick. The leads are Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Uh, and the um the um group that he's talking about is Scientology. Um, he wanted to. Do, he wanted protection from Scientology, and of course, the movie was Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, so a few things here. <clears throat> um, I don't know if anyone, if if you all have seen the movie or not. Um, I haven't seen it. I had um the the screenplay for a while, and I don't know whatever happened to it. Um. But it is very graphic. And I'm. Let's just be honest. Teen Ed wanted to jump Tom Cruise's bones. Alright? It's out there. Um, like, oh, he was so handsome and so. so dashing. Um, but. Um now that you all have that visual in your heads you're welcome Uh, I've always heard that making this movie was actually um, the catalyst for Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's divorce Uh, that um, allegedly uh, Nicole Kidman was tired of walking in on her husband having sex with other men um, and that was one of the secrets. Uh, I don't remember if I've ever shared this with you guys, but a long, long time ago, um, just after I had launched Generation Gossip, I had someone, and, and he had a lot of, um, he, he actually provided me with a lot of evidence, uh, but back then I was a little bit afraid to go, um, too hardcore into investigating things, um, I gotta dig up the email now, uh, but uh, uh, what this guy told me, and keep in mind, like, this was not someone I knew, he was not a friend, I hadn't networked, because, again, I was just, um, taking stories I read, and that were verifiable, and, <coughs> um, um, re rewriting them with my own little snark, um, which is completely different from what I do now. And I'm just snarky. <laughs> no, I I verify everything. But with this guy... Um, what this guy told me was... That... Uh, Tom Cruise had been in Florida. And he was having an affair with a man. He... For whatever reason, Tom wanted to end the relationship. And the guy threatened to go to the tabloids. He was going to reveal everything. And there were pictures included. Scientology got word of it, broke into this guy's apartment, and stole everything um, in, order, in an effort to stop him from revealing the, Tom Cruise's deepest, darkest secrets. So... And here's where it gets really, really good. Uh, David Miss Miss I can never say his name. Um, the head of Scientology started blackmailing Tom, and that's how that's why Tom Cruise ended up a Scientologist, and why, um, according to this guy, he stayed a Scientologist. So, with the evidence I've seen and. Um, hearing the story that Nicole was tired of walking in on her husband with another man, I kind of believe it. Um, and then I read the plot of Eyes Wide Shut, um because again, I had the book, but it's been it's been many, many years since I actually read it. Um, so I wanted to, before I did the segment, I wanted a refresher. And it you know, um Tom Cruise's character finds out that his wife had contemplated an affair because she wasn't happy in their marriage, and he goes into this orgy. And absent I can't speak to (laughs) y'all. So, Stanley Kubrick had, allegedly, um, based this on a short novel um, from the 1930s. But when you... When you compare, there was very little in common other than the main character going into a, an orgy. So, while I don't necessarily... I'm not 100% convinced that Stanley Kubrick was murdered, um, I can definitely see it. The The cause of death, death listed is a heart attack. Um, and from my two years of being a true crime writer... That is, the, um, that is the preferred uh, method for killing somebody. Um, whether you give them um, a higher dosage of their medicine or you poison them to induce a heart attack. Um, there does seem to be. Um, excuse me. There does seem to be um, some commonality. And if he, if he really did know the secrets of, of Scientology, which uh, I have talked at length about, um, even in this very episode, a couple segments up, um, Scientology is against homosexuality, but um, they do allow for members to sleep like male members to sleep with male members. And female members sleep with female members. But it's not called gay. Or it's not considered homosexual. Because these people have partners and whatnot. Um, when I was doing my expose for Generation Gossip, what one of the things the guy told me was... Um, one of the auditors... Would bend him over and fuck him, and basically what they were trying to do was fuck the gay out that that is not made up this is a real thing like um, it could be that I had to read several times um just to make sure um, he they wanted to make in this case they wanted to make the gay sex so. Horrible that um, the the subject my my source would never ever want to have it again. But what actually ended up happening is he and the subject who was married ended up sleeping together several more times. Um, always under the cover of trying to get rid of the gay uh both both men left Scientology eventually the auditor was killed uh you know they did not leave to be a couple um the wife discovered what was happening and was very displeased and um it wanted a divorce uh and that that's a whole other story but so Stanley Kubrick is not very far off in what he's saying Um, If indeed, again, um, this is more than just a conspiracy theory. Um, But I just want to let you know that there's a very real chance that it is, but everything I know actually lines up with with this being true. All right, it is time for me to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And somehow this episode became blind-eyed and revealed a true crime, um, which was completely not my plan, <laughs> but that that's how it goes sometimes, <laughs> um, so, this is our final reveal for the day, or for this episode, rather, um, as you can tell, bed rest has really muddled my mind, and I can't, um, <laughs> I just can't right now, <laughs> um, for the fans who are still listening, thank you, um, Eventually, you'll be rewarded with, with me back in tip-top shape. But for now, my brain is mush. <laughs> All right. So this is, called, this is from Crazy Days and Nights, and it's called Blind Items Revealed, at number 39. At the time it occurred, it was a huge deal. An actor being charged with attempted murder. An actor who had long been in the public eye. He had a lawyer who was well-known, but not as well-known as he would be a few years later. During the first trial, the actor said he couldn't remember anything from the night. It was not a great acting performance, and a couple of the jurors were enticed to make sure things went the right way for the actor. It worked. Not to be deterred, prosecutors tried a different tack. This time, the actor was told in no uncertain terms he would not be testifying. Despite the prosecution once again having multiple people testify that the actor was the shooter, many witnesses for the defense were brought in who said they had a party and the and t- saw the actor leave long before any shooting they were all paid it worked though and the actor walked away a free man uh the answer is Todd Bridges who shot uh Kenneth Clay and Johnny Cochran so first of all this is not a big surprise um as i've uh, not here um but in in many of my articles, I've detailed how the LAPD really botched investigations. Um, and how prosecutors have uh, been left holding the bag. And really how uh, some of the lawyers are very corrupt and will do anything to make sure that their client is freed. Um, I... I, I hadn't heard about Todd Bridges being accused of anything until recently. So that was really interesting, but it totally lines up. Um he uh for those of you who don't know, Todd Bridges was on different strokes. Uh he's the last roommate, uh he's the last cast member um who was part of the main cast, that is still alive. Uh, Charlotte Ray died in 2018, and um, the others died at various times over the course of the um, past few years. Uh, but what was interesting is that uh, Todd Bridges talked about Gary Coleman a lot, and, you know, how he regretted that he and Gary never really um, reconciled their friendship after a major falling out, after season two of the show. Uh, And I remember that really caught me at the time. I was starting to wind down Generation Gossip a little bit uh, because I was busy with other projects. Uh, But I... I was very kind of like, oh, that's weird. So when I decided that I was going to do this reveal, I wanted to talk to my LA source, see if he had heard anything because... Uh, For many years, as I've told you guys multiple times, he also had a a gossip blog. And so, basically what happened with Todd and Gary... um, The public story is that they just had a falling out on set over some stupid shit. But the truth was that Todd had tried to steal... uh, There was a lady that Gary was dating... And Gary walked in on her servicing Todd. Now I know people are gonna say, well, you, you know, whatever, blah, blah blah shit like that happens all the time. But I think when you're you're first of all when you're teens, everything is just much more um amplified. And when the person who is Sleeping with your partner is your friend, um, or claims to be your friend, that is just so much worse. So, um, obviously Gary broke up with the lady and he had to continue to work with Todd, but they were not friendly with one another at all. And top shady behavior continued. Um, my source said that during the lean years when he was not when he was basically only getting residuals and not getting very much work, uh, he took to selling drugs and whatnot. And the way he was able to afford a lawyer like Johnny Cochran was because of his drug sales. Uh, he had made quite a bit of money doing that. And much to the chagrin of everyone, um, when he shot, um, Kenny Clayton, I'm sorry, Kenneth Clay, I I told you, my, my brain is just not working today, um, when he shot Kenneth Clay, um, it was over a drug um a, a allegedly Kenneth o- owed Todd some money from some dr- for some drugs that he sold him so um you know you get a fancy lawyer uh even though you know you're guilty you have to do something and a mistrial is kind of the best case scenario because it means you've at least in the public, it shows that you may have convinced some people of your innocence. <clears throat> at the second trial, it was a little bit more dogged. The prosecution was out for blood. Um, and I have not heard 100%, um, but my my LA source said that he believes 100% that um, the prosecutors knew that jurors were paid off. They just couldn't prove it. Uh, and that <clears throat> that's why they went so hard. Um, because there are times when, you know, if there's a mistrial, people will reconvene and say, okay, well... You know, this isn't really worth it. Um, our resources would be best spent elsewhere. So when so when they decide to retry you, it means two things. They're angry and B um they they have enough to convict you. <coughs> when uh, when this failed, or seemingly failed, well, I, I shouldn't say seemingly, when the, when it, when their plot to uh, prosecute him again failed because he brought in witnesses, um, the jury never actually said he was innocent. And I think this is a very, very, very important uh, distinction here. Um, what they what they actually said was there was reasonable doubt so what that means is while the evidence does point to Todd Bridges being the shooter uh there there is another plausible suspect uh and you see this a lot in the murder trials where um the the defense won't usually won't even stage a real defense. They will just try to throw another suspect under the table um I'm working on a case right now where it was um it was husband and wife and and they he cheated on her and um they had a pact where each would if one cheated on the other, they would kill the person who um, was the interlooper in their marriage, basically. so when it came to trial he he said it was all his wife, who did it? She claimed it was all her husband. both juries convicted them of murder. <laughs> So, in this case, it didn't really work out for them so much. But, um, sometimes it does work out, uh, and it, it's very, very interesting how these things usually end up playing out. Alright, that is going to do it for me for today. Thank you all so much for listening as always. Uh, And until we talk again, cheers.